0: We had an amazing time with the men. I want to tell you guys right away that men of Faith and Victory Church are great, amazing, godly men. And you are blessed to have them in your midst. Um, I also want to say uh, thank you so much to all the wives for all the amazing work you guys were doing in taking care of the families and everything else and allowed the men. So let's give the wives a hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I told the guys this on, um, on Saturday that uh, they felt like I, I was the one who was speaking to them but I felt like they were the ones who were discipling me. And so when I fly home tonight, um, I'm definitely a better man because of the men in this church. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm also, uh, I want to give honor where honor is due. I'd like to recognize Pastor Matt and Crystal for the work that they do. So round of applause. Um, and i'm i'm truly thankful to god that um that god sent uh, matt into my life at a time where i needed a lot of coaching and instruction and he we just became great friends We have a great friendship, and I was always a bit jealous of uh, when uh, different uh, pastors traveled to each other's churches and preached, and I always dreamed of it. I I thought to myself, what a great idea to have sister churches in different states where we're preaching the same gospel, where we can encourage each other. And I thought to myself, man, I want that, and God heard my prayer, and now Matt and I do ministry together, so it's awesome. Uh, Praise God. Thank you guys so much. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna get right to work cause I know my time is limited so if you have your Bibles with you I would like you to open them to John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 this is a very familiar passage however we're going to look at it from a fresh angle today God's Word is never boring God's Word never goes out void and I believe it's gonna change your life this morning amen Amen. so open your Bibles to John chapter 3 uh, verses 16 and 17 here's what uh, the Word of God says for God So loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Let's pray and let's get started. God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that, God, this morning you're going to do a great work in us so that you can do a great work through us. God, I pray against the enemy, his works and effects. I pray that as we talk about this text, I pray, God, that you would speak to the hearts and to the minds of every single person here, that we would listen not just for information, but for transformation and that God, through this text and through this time together genuine heart change would happen in the lives of every person who is here today so God, we can love you more passionately we can see your son Jesus more clearly and we can be people who are after your own heart God, I pray for you to do miracles in this service this morning and I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name Amen Amen Amen. So two weeks ago I land in the Atlanta airport atlanta airport is very large one of the biggest airports in the country i land there because i'm there for a church planting conference there's going to be about 200 guys that are going to be there as well so i fly into the airport and my host lets me know that my flight is going to be arriving a little bit late than everybody else's flight therefore i should just take a lift to the conference location providence has it that my flight arrives early my flight lands and i take my neck my Bose cancelling headphones I grab everything and I start getting out of the plane I'm walking out I'm excited don't know what what what's gonna happen but I believe God's gonna do a great work I text my host and I let them know I'm here they're like perfect the shuttle buses have not left yet so go ahead and uh, walk towards us and we're gonna greet you now I'm gonna tell you something you know you've made it in life when you arrive in the airport and somebody greets you with a sign When your name is written on a sign in the airport and you walk to that sign, you have made it in life. You can retire. All the other peasant folks just walking by with no signs, but you got a sign and your name is on that sign. So you know you're important, okay? You should just have somebody make a sign for you next time you fly in. It's a perfect uh, a boost to your self-esteem if you, don't, if you need one. So I see my name. I'm like, perfect. These two guys are like, hey, Bogdan, how's it going? I'm like, I'm excited to be here. They're like, here's where all the other church planters are waiting. So imagine this, 200 testosterone-filled men are standing right there. These are all church planters, a.k.a. psychopaths. These aren't regular people, they should have just, they, they had a great job, they were making good money but for some reason they quit the corporate cushy life to plant the church. Crazy people, only crazy people do that, okay my friends? And so we're all basically standing there and I'm, everybody's sizing each other up. You thought pastors were not sinful? Not true. We're, we're just like, we're just like, it's like celebrities, we're just, they're just like us, right? They spill their coffee and all that stuff. So I'm looking around now as a man testosterone filled alpha male I'm immediately looking for people that I can get into their group. So I don't feel like a social outcast I'm not gonna be the one standing around by myself heck. I planted a church. I can find some friends, okay? I Look for some unsuspecting young gentlemen that understand they need an alpha male in their group, and I gravitate towards them I realized they need a lot of help and help I can give to them. So I drop into their small little cocoon like a bomb. And I just start dropping it. I'm like, "Yeah, West Coast best coast." Now, I'm going to tell you something that I didn't tell the first service. So you think you're going to get the same message all three times? Nah, bro. This is some I got some fresh material for you. So I go So the thing is, I got into a group with these brothers, and they're all from the East Coast. Um, Let me tell you something. West Coast, we're all kind of loose and like chilling. Yo, what's up, dude? But the East Coast, they're like this. They're very proper, right? They don't want to put all their cards out on the table. West Coast are a bunch of nuts. But the East Coast, they're very proper. So I'm like, what's up, guys? Church planning. Yeah, it's awesome. They're like, okay. (laughs) Okay. when did you guys plant? what are you doing? oh you know we we sought the Lord God our Father and we planted the church, I'm like yeah my wife and I were just really crazy so we planted but I guess you're more spiritual so we're talking to them we're talking to them and if you're hearing for the first time trust me I love Jesus ask Matt so I'm okay I got the the verified check mark okay and they're standing there and I'm like where are you guys from? they're like from Brooklyn they're from Brooklyn I'm like Brooklyn when I go to New York I only go to 5th Avenue, Madison Avenue they're like no bro that ain't Brooklyn so we're talking to them and I immediately feel like okay I'm vibing it's fine now the hosts say okay we're going to the shuttle buses all of us are walking through the airport we're like an army I'm like that's right church planners over here so we're walking to the buses we're walking to the shuttle buses they open the doors for us all of our stuff goes underneath the buses and we start walking onto the bus now I latched onto a guy to be my comfort buddy God, God bless his soul he doesn't know that but that's what's happening I hope to God they don't watch this video on replay so I latched on to him we're making small talk he's telling me stuff I don't really care I just need somebody next to me okay we get on the bus he's sitting right next to me we're making small talk now one thing you're gonna learn about me I was born in the former Soviet Union therefore I speak another language I speak the Russian language so why am I telling you this I'm sitting there with my guy he's talking about all sorts of stuff I'm not listening to and then the sound in the in the bus is is pierced with this very loud Russian noise called the Russian language and I realized the guy behind me is speaking in Russian now I'm gonna tell you something when people speak in Russian it sounds like they're fighting all the time they're concocting a plan to take over the world or to kill somebody when, my, when people hear my wife and I talk in a grocery store, they think just we're splitting up. But all we're really deciding is what we want to have for dinner. It's not like the French language, very flowery, very poetic. Russian is very stern, it's very gruff. We grew up eating only potatoes and standing in lines for bread. You can tell why we don't smile. Okay? But thanks be to God our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm highly Americanized. I smile all the time. So I'm sitting on the bus and I hear this guy speaking in Russian. I'm like, this is the KGB spying on me? Like, what's going on here? So uh, I turn around and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I understand what you're saying. And the dude, his face goes pale because he realizes he's been found out. And he's on the phone with somebody, I know not who, and he starts telling him, oh, in Russian, he's saying, he's like, oh, there's another one of us on the bus. I'm like, another one of us? I'm like, dude, I'm right here. I'm like, dude, you're talking about me. I understand your language. Because he didn't switch off fully that the guy understands me. He's like okay I gotta go so I'm like a somebody once told me they came to my church they're like dude you're like a vortex I'm like what do you mean they're like either people like you and they get sucked into this thing or they're just gonna be repelled by it I'm like pretty much you hate it or you love it there's no lukewarmness okay so I leave for my seat, I abandon my, my, my social friend, I'm like, dude, I'll talk to you later, God bless you, and I go sit behind this guy, uh, in front, uh, next to him, now we're close together, we both speak the same language, and I ask him a question, I'm like, hey, you look really familiar, and he looks at me dead in the eye, and he's like, yeah, you officiated my son's wedding five years ago. I'm like, oh! you're the father okay cool he's like don't worry i'm sure you forgot you're young you're dumb like it's okay (laughs) he didn't say that but i thought he thought that and he's like you spent a day with me dude and you officiated my son's wedding the least you could do is remember who i am so we quickly we quickly got over that hump really quick you know when you're doing something wrong it's like don't take a detour press on the gas keep going okay Gosh, I need Jesus so much. Um, So we're talking, and he actually moved to Florida because he planted a Russian church there because there's a lot of Russians that don't know Jesus that live there. And so we're talking about it, and he says, My biggest passion is personal evangelism. Fast forward two days. We're in the lunchroom, 200 guys eating Atlanta barbecue, it's incredible, everything is going well, then, in the middle of nowhere, uh, out of nowhere, there's a guy who has a huge cart, and he's bringing in cold brew coffee, cold brew coffee is amazing, he sets up a station, all the guys go in line to to check out his cold brew coffee, I tell my comrade, we must get cold brew. He knows not what cold brew is. In Russia we drink tea only. And I'm like trust me you're gonna love it. So we get in line and as we're coming up to the gentleman who owns this cart and he's gonna pour us some coffee, he looks at our name tags and he looks at our Cyrillic names and he's like are you guys from the former Soviet Union? And I said what gave it away that we're named Konstantin and Bogdan? He said, yes, absolutely. Now, check out what happens next. We we're just talking about personal evangelism. This is why I titled my message today, One Small Step. The gentleman turns to us and says, look, I have a Russian friend. I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't have a Russian friend? This man proceeds to tell me that his Russian friend um, basically was able to unlock his daughter's car. I proceed to ask the question, was your daughter present when he was unlocking the car? And he's like, of course, it was all legit, he owns a a car unlocking company. I'm like, of course he does. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he does. I wish I would have heard, you know what, Uh, my Russian friend is a doctor and they saved my wife's life, but no. He unlocks cars. And I'm like, that's great. I'm like, I'm sure he's had a lot of practice somewhere. The gentleman continues, he's like, look, we gotta call him right now because I've been sharing with him the faith, I've been sharing with him the gospel for over a year, and the fact that you speak Russian, I want you to talk to him, and dude, I'm like, see, me, I'm like a locomotive train, for me, it's game time all the time, when my wife is sleeping right next to me, she's like, look, I can hear your brain work, you need to shut it down. I'm like, let's go, game time. He's like, I'm going to call my friend right now. I'm like, put him on speaker. Let's do this. We're going to drop the gospel bomb right here. He calls his friend. His friend picks up. He introduces me. I get on the phone. His name is Simon. I'm like, Simon, how's it going? We make small talk. I let him know, you know what? I have a cousin named Simon. He was named after uh, his grandfather. The gentleman who doesn't really believe in God just yet, on the phone he says to me, you know what? My grandfather was also named Simon. I'm like, dude, come on God. Let's go for this man i'm now just chomping at the bit dude i'm ready to go i'm like a football player on super bowl i'm like get at me so i'm like and i say this i say simon do you i'm here's what i say to him i say there's a god and his name is jesus and he loves you and he wants to save you at that moment the line goes dead i felt like he hung up on me but he didn't the call is still continuing for about 30 seconds there was silence i felt like it was an eternity at the end of that 30 seconds simon my new friend right now tells me this he says you think and he says it in such a way where there was so much hope in his voice like wow is there really a God that came for me 2000 years ago and bled for me and gave his life for me yeah. do you really think there is a God yeah. that loves me yeah. and I tell him yes there absolutely is now at this point I hit mute on the iPhone and I and I walk and I and my, my friend is standing here I'm like dude I'm like I'm tapping you in it's your turn He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, we talked about personal evangelism for two hours and God gave you the opportunity. So often we're praying, God, give us an opportunity and a person comes up in front of us. and We're like, well, we don't know what to say. Don't worry about what to say because the spirit will speak through you. So my friend begins to talk to him and at the end of this story, this is what happens. They exchange numbers and Simon Agrees to get into a discipleship relationship with Constantine on the East Coast Why am I sharing with you this story because I want to tell you that you're one small step away from the big future God created for you you're not far away from God I don't know what kind of issue or problem you came in here with today maybe your marriage is not where it needs to be maybe your finances are not where they need to be maybe your health is not where it needs to be but I'm telling you you're one small step away from God changing your life you're closer than you think The reason you came here, it's not a coincidence, it's divine providence. I believe it, that you were hungry and thirsty for Christ. Even though you might not have come in here with this thirst, I believe when you look at this scripture, you will invoke this thirst within you to love God above everything else in your life so what I want to do is I want to drive you today towards action I want to compel you I want to implore and plead with you make one small step towards God today I don't know exactly what it is maybe it's loving your wife more maybe it's being more committed to church maybe it's getting your health in order maybe it's being a better employee I don't know what it is my friends but I want you today to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you so you can make one small step towards God because of the man who owned the cold brew cart he made one courageous step towards calling him at that moment he could have said my business is more important he could have said my comfort zone is more important he could have said there's 200 church planter guys here I should serve them first no he left the 99 he went after the one He knew. He was led by the Spirit. He knew. He knew. The Spirit invoked within him. Call Simon. Simon needs God. Simon needs somebody who will speak in his native tongue and tell him that Jesus Christ is Lord. He needed that. And he made the one small step. He had a huge line of guys, but he didn't care. He made one small step. What is that step for you? What is that step for you? We're looking at this, and somebody made a step towards you. Do you get that? Like, somebody made a step towards you. Somebody counted their life nothing in order to get you saved. In order to share Jesus with you. Somebody gave you an olive branch. Somebody, somebody didn't allow the comforts of their own life to overwhelm them and they gave up their comforts for you yes. we must do the same for other people yes. so if you're here this morning and you're here for the very first time and you potentially want to give your life to jesus i want to give you an invitation to do that before the end of my message today you must come to christ christ is the way of salvation yes. so we see in this text that the bible says God so loved the world. And God's love for you and for me is not to be admired because the world is so big and includes so many people, but because the world is so bad. The the gospel writer is saying, God so loved the world, the sinful, depraved, wretched world dying in their sin. That's the world for whom Christ died for. The word isn't... Describing the size of God's love it is describing the manner in which God loved us the Bible says for God so in this way he loved us by sending his son Jesus to us God so loved the world God pronounces a, a terrible condemnation on the grounds of the world's sin but he still loved the world so much that he gave his son to the world my question to you is this if you're here this morning and you believe you will go to heaven after you die what is your foundation for that belief how how do you believe that Christ is your only advocate yes. Jesus is your only foundation there is no other name under heaven among earth by which you must be saved yes. it's Jesus only Jesus is exclusive in the sense that he's saying only through me but Jesus is inclusive where he says whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved and it's not that we are getting saved one time yes that's true but we need Jesus every day Jesus is for the people who are falling apart and Jesus is for the people who think they have it all together You might have come here this morning and you're like, you know what God, I'm hanging on to my last thread, I'm on my last breath, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, you're not far away from God's love to transform your life. In a moment's notice, God can change the trajectory of your life. He can, He does, He will, He already is doing that maybe you came here this morning and you're like you know what I'm doing great my family's great my marriage is great my money's right I don't need God no you do my friend God is for those who are down and out and those who are up and out he's for both he's he's for the well-to-do and he's for those who are not well-to-do Jesus is for all we all need Jesus Irvine needs Jesus uh, Auburn needs Jesus America needs Jesus the the world needs Jesus. Yes. We all do. And I want to say this that that often we read this text John 3:16 and we think it's a familiar text. It's not a controversial text. Oh my friend, but it is because when when the gospel writer wrote this the Jewish audience thought that God was only for the Jewish people and this text says that God so loved the world every person in the world my friends God's love is not restricted by race in Christ we are all a new creation God is for all people The Jews believed that God loved the children of Israel, but John affirms that God loves all people regardless of race. The love of God for us is not the consequence of you and I being lovely, but rather of God loving us. God is for the whole world. That's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world, it's worldly, it's in sin. God is for the whole world because the whole world is in sin, and the whole world needs Jesus. The Bible says that he so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is the intensity of the love. God gave his very best. My question is this, what do we give to God? Very often, we love the fact that God gives us his very best, his son, Jesus Christ. But how often we give God pretty much third or fourth rate stuff. We we spend our energy on everything other than godly things. We spend our emotion on things that don't matter. We spend our time arguing about trivial things. And when it comes to the things of God, we have nothing left to give. My friends, I believe that if you want God's best, you must give God your best. Everything in your life. Your finances, your house, your car, your energy. My friends, the church is the only organization that's going to last the test of time. Governments will end. Presidents do not live forever. Dynasties pass away, but the church remains forever. That is the only organization that will last the test of time. If you want to know where should I invest my time, talent and energy? It's in the local church. We must we must center our, our 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 households around the church. We must plan our vacation schedules around the church schedules. Yes. Our families, our children, our wives must see our devotion to Christ. It must surpass above all else. We must love Christ more than sports, more than money, more than our career, more than our extracurricular activities. Christ must be above all. That is the only way to live. Some people say, that's extreme. No, that's just the baseline. That's where you start every single time I have told that men in my church I have said men Sunday is the Lord's day you get your family prepared on Saturday night to come to the Lord's house you lay out all the children's clothing that they need to wear you make your coffee so you're not grumpy in the morning more for me um, you do everything the night before so that your family can see Christ for you is all yes. And when, when men in my church have, have, have obeyed their pastor, thank God, and they've stopped working on Sundays, their businesses begin to flourish. Yes. They begin to have, they had marital problems before and now they're not. Why? Because they gave God their best and God multiplies their weak and feeble efforts. Yes. We think, God, I want to work a lot so I can accomplish a lot. God can accomplish in a few seconds, which you could not accomplish in a lifetime. God can give you, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. God can give you one business contract that will pay you for the rest of your life if you trust in Him. It's going to happen. Give to God your best. And very often our Christian life feels like a bankruptcy. We feel like I'm giving everything to God and I'm not getting anything back. My friends, you already got everything. It's in Jesus Christ it's the only way to live what I love about this text is that God I'm getting the second win in the second service you guys still cool okay let's keep going let's keep going so it's not God loved enough to give no God loved so that he Gave. His love is not a vague sentimental feeling. His love is an agape kind of love because an agape kind of love gives not on the basis of the object to which it's giving, but based on the fact that they are a loving creature. So God loved you and me not because we are lovable, but to make us lovely. That's what God did. God didn't look at our performance and then loved us. God sent Jesus Christ to perform for us on the cross, and then He loved us. My worth and my value is not dependent on whether people love me or not. My happiness and my joy is not dependent on the people in my life. My happiness and my joy is rooted in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And what that does is, it frees me up. It frees me up to love my wife, to love my church, to love the people I'm with. Why? Because my love for them is not based on their performance for me. My love for them is based on what Jesus did for me. And it's a much freer way to live. You live with no expectation but only giving, giving, giving. Some of us are like, man, I've been given so much, I'm tired. Go to the Lord, because what He requires, He empowers. You have more in you. Christ in you is stronger than anything outside of you. Christ can do more. He can restore your marriage. He can give you health. And above all else, He already did. He gave us Himself. He gave us Himself. He didn't just go and buy a gift. He gave us His... Son, I want you to think of your own life, and an application is how hard is it for us to give something up in our life for the sake of another person. My friends, love gives. You can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. We must give, my friends. If you want to have a successful marriage, you must give. You must give and give and give until you're exhausted, and then you give some more. Because you know what happens? You tap into that second wind when the Holy Spirit's like, you thought you were done? I'm injecting you another dose of power. And you're like, wow, I've been patient already for two days with my wife. How is that possible? Jesus. <laughs> The wives are like, how how have I been able to be patient with my husband? It's Jesus. Your kids are not where they need to be. They're not where they used to be. It's progress. It's Jesus in us. So my question is this. What do you need to give up today in order that your relationship with God would flourish? Take one small step. There was a study done of people, on, on they're basically passing away and a nurse asked thousands of people what was their biggest regret and one of the biggest regrets of all people who pass away is that they worked too hard. They worked too hard and did not spend time with their families and guess what, over 90% of the people that said that were men. Maybe, maybe it's okay for us to take a day off Because we might not make the money, but we're going to make an investment into our family, which is going to pay eternal dividends. It's so, so important. And what I love about this text is that in verse 17 it says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. A couple of weeks ago before my trip I went to the dentist and as I laid in that dentist chair you know like when you, you're, you're going in there and you're really afraid the dentist is gonna basically expose you for what kind of a horrible person you are it's like you haven't been flossing you haven't been doing anything good with your life like what have you been doing here dude and I come to the dentist and I'm kind of worried some, some of you that hit too close to home so i'm laying in this chair and the the dentist uh, comes over nice lady and before she even opens her mouth because i'm a preacher i'm like i start making a case for the situation that i'm in (laughs) i'm like look i'm really sorry i know my wife tells me all this stuff and like i could be better blah blah and and she's like she's like honey she's like she puts her hand on my on my arm she's like she's like i'm not here to judge and I'm like, that's my kind of dentist. Hey, I'm, I'm overpaying you way too much to feel really small when I leave from here. So at least encourage me. Find something positive in me. And she's like, listen to me. She's like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm looking at this verse and it says God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. God knew the world was sinful. Your sin didn't surprise God. My dentist already knew I was in a heap of trouble because I was in that chair. I was already condemned. I already had issues. All I had left was to say please save me. Please give me Vicodin or whatever else you're gonna do. and and she said I'm not here to judge and I thought to myself you know what this is the heart of the father of of God that he sent his son not to condemn you but to save you for God so loved the world the world means not like it's a big place but you were already so dead in your sin you needed Christ more than you could ever imagine and God sent him God sent him to love you and to save you for God so loved the world i'd like us to uh, understand this that god loves you and god wants what's best for you and what's best for you is written in the scriptures amen i'd like us to stand for just a few minutes as we close this message and i want to share with you guys a short story that would illustrate the point that i'm making and i want you to think about the holy spirit and which is the one small step you have to make in 1992 my family immigrated from the soviet union to America, and we landed in Seattle, in SeaTac Airport. It was almost 28 years ago, and there was a pastor that pastored a church here in Auburn in 1992, just a few streets from where you guys are at. He met us at the airport. He met us at the airport because he had a heart for refugees. He had a heart for people who were fleeing the country because of religious persecution and he met us at the airport and he took our family in and he brought us to his home now I want to tell you this that my dad was a stern soviet man he didn't smile too much and so this pastor was wearing shorts and and a t-shirt and my dad just couldn't understand how he was a pastor and so as this man is bringing us into his home we barely understand what he's saying but he's showing us his love he's saying come into my home I've, I've made food for you I've prepared a place for you to stay I'm accepting you just as you are and as I thought of this story I want to tell you that when I was at the church planting retreat two weeks ago that man his name was Gary he was there and he picked me out from the crowd He picked me out and he he came to me and I barely recognized him. I have a problem with recognizing people It's a bad thing. He 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 came and he and he said to me. He's like, do you know who I am? I was like maybe and he said I picked you up from the airport in 1992 and it brought your family home and he said at first you guys didn't understand our food you didn't understand our customs you didn't understand my style but he's like but I overwhelmed you with my love and I was looking at him and I said why Gary what compelled you why why did you why did you choose this inconvenience in your life to to a family into your into yours that you didn't even know why, and he said because God the Father did that for me. He brought me into His family. He saved me when I was far away from Him. He said, the God that loves me, I also didn't understand his language at one point. It was also awkward for me to be in this environment. And he's like, this is why I did that. And he said, you are at a church planting conference, and you planted a church in Irvine, California. He's like, this is why I did what I did. (laughs) That's That's the heart of the Father. That's the heart of the Father. So God loves you and God wants to save you. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray. If you're here this morning, let's bow our heads for a few minutes. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your, as your Lord and Savior and you would like to do that today, I'd like you to come up. Come up. We have deacons that can pray for you and I'm going to start praying. If you're here this morning and you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just, just pray with me and say this, God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I want to commit the rest of my life to follow you and to serve you and I thank you for the salvation that you have brought about on the cross in your son Jesus in whose name I pray. God I want to pray for every person who's here this morning. I want to pray for every family, every individual, every child, every young adult, every husband, every wife, every college student. every young person i pray god that today this verse for god so loved the world would be so embedded onto the palate of our heart that we would be overwhelmed with your love and that we would give god you everything we have in our life and in return god we get much more than we ever gave up we get eternal life We get a freedom of our spirit. And God, we are not under condemnation. Because you, God, came into the world not to condemn it, but to save it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. We pray this in your most precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen,